Hey, everybody. Turner here with your first episode of our bonus content called DM Splaining. These episodes are going to be a just a quick jump in to take a minute to either talk a little bit about the setting that we're playing in to help give you some additional context, talk to one of the players about their backstory and their characters, or maybe even talk about a component of the rules because asking Harland to look up what you can do on your turn in combat apparently is a lot to ask. So we may occasionally produce a uh, DM-splaining episode talking about what those rules are, what is really a sneak attack? What is an action? Or, you know what? Whatever you might be interested in hearing. As time goes on, if we run out of that stuff, we may even talk about UA content or other some side content or even other podcasts. The idea is just to have a little bit more of a casual episode to flush in some things that may not necessarily fit into the narrative or the time frame of a, a full episode. These will generally be short. They'll come out kind of randomly. And this first one, I totally fucking cheated on. Jazz, who plays Fate, pointed out that the introduction we had previously recorded to both the players and the characters was a good, hey, how you doing for new listeners. I do think he's right. And I do think it would be a good idea to, to have those available. So welcome to DM Splaining. Who the hell are these guys and who are these characters? Give it a listen, get to know the crew, their experience, and then a, a synopsis of some of their brief character backstories kind of jammed into one. And we will see you next week for episode four, The Siege of Waypoint 13. <laughs> I don't know. We're not going to call it a zero episode because we've actually done some other stuff. This is just a quick snippet to introduce everybody to the cast of players and characters that will be with us for the campaign. Just going from least experienced to most experienced. We'll start with Harland, who's playing Todd the Tiefling. What's going on? This is Harland, also known as Todd the Tiefling, your favorite, soon to be favorite bounty hunter. Right now, I'm somewhere between Reno Rames and Bubba Fett. So I'm working to get to your, get your top bounty hunter. And this is your first time really playing Dungeons & Dragons. Not even really playing. Yes, first time playing. Yes. And then we have Andrew, who is playing Moyle, the Dragonborn Trickster Cleric. What's up? Uh, I'm Andrew, and uh, this is my second time playing Dungeons & Dragons. We got through one campaign the first time I played. And uh, I'm really excited. I uh, look forward to learning lots and being a contributor. That's the only time I think I've ever heard you say you're excited about running lots. So I said learning, but... Oh, I thought you said running lots. Okay. That's okay. We'll have to redo this. This is awful. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, that right there, that means that's, that's, that's the final take. Right oh, there. That's good, it. That's good. Yeah. Moil out. Then we've got Jamie, who's playing Eldrin, a... Uh, Wood Elf Ranger. Yo. So I played Dungeons and Dragons about 15 years ago, a little bit, and I haven't played much since then. So yeah, I am relearning everything and it is, uh, it's been, been fun. Is it, so that was 15 years ago, second edition, right? Yeah, probably. The joy of Thacko, where you have to solve for X every <laughs> time you roll the goddamn dice. <laughs> I am very, very familiar. You next, Jazz. Jazz is playing Fate, our evocation wizard. So, yeah, this is Jazz. I've been playing uh, since third edition, uh, touched fourth a little bit, and I'm just happy to finally be playing with people that are actually fun to play with. So this has been good. Let's keep going. I also, just full disclosure, I loved the old uh, D&D movie back in like 2000. Kick him out the game. 
The one with Marlon Wayans? I've never. The one with Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The only thing I know about that movie, which almost makes me respect it a little bit, is that it's my understanding that there is a nod to weapon proficiencies in it where Harlan Wayans' character can't do shit with a sword, but then he gets a dagger, and because he's proficient with it, he actually can fight. Is that a accurate synopsis of a scene from that movie? feel like I remember that happening, but it's been so long since I've watched it. I saw Marlon Wayans in a movie, and I said I would not be watching. And the fact that it was Dungeon & Dragon was a double. Didn't our teacher at Full Sail say he hated that movie, and he was the creator of Dungeons & Dragons? Correct. Yeah. Scary Gygax? No, the the uh, Dave Arneson. The one who got to get no credit. Well, gets yes. credit, but he felt all the rights got stolen from him. Not the primary creator, but... Uh, he was very bitter about that. Oh, yeah. No, like, if you if you start to look into the whole Gygax legacy, that shit is super problematic. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot there between where his, like, wife is still fighting for rights. Mm-hmm. He's not even, like, he's not even recognized in the main city that he's in. I didn't know until recently that, like, Mordenkainen and, like, all the old wizard names, like, all the, like, the, you know, Tasha's hideous laughter and all that stuff, I actually come from characters from his first homebrew campaign. And then the most experienced player would be Anthony, who's playing Baba, the Tabashi, Tabaxi, Tabashi, how we go, which, which direction are we going with this? Let's, let's figure it out now. I don't want another Tanage incident. God damn it. Every, everyone says Tabaxi, but my, I think it's my brother who said Tabashi and we just think, we just think it sounds more exotic. So in our circles, we always say Tabashi is, I think, I think it's actually Tabaxi. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're, we'll uh, we'll alternate then. We'll, we'll we'll toss up. So, but you 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 play regularly, right? Yeah, yeah. We play. I'm playing five edition, uh, five fifth edition right now. And I played in three five and three. Played. I I did. I definitely did Thaco, which was horrible, <laughs> but good times. So yeah, I've been playing since I was a wee lad. Yeah, Thaco is was a funny solution to first edition's hit charts. They're like, you know, charts are boring. Let's introduce trigonometry to right. the factor. Matt. Guys, my name is Turner. I play Titan, also known as Biden, after he faked his death due to an incident with the guards in the Friends and Flayers podcast, which is currently on hiatus. Got the opportunity to bring a, a group of people together uh, that I knew from work and from actually from playing Destiny together to put together a campaign that is a little bit lighthearted, but I think also has the opportunity for, for some really cool moments. This will be, I started playing D&D. My first exposure to it was actually sneaking into my older brother's room to sneak dragon magazines out of his dresser to read the dragon mirth comics in the back if he'd had playboys i probably would have been a lot fucking cooler (laughs) but no no it was dragon magazine and it was what's what's new with trixie and wormy so that that's where i got my start so i actually played a little bit of first edition a little bit of the original red box then all the way up through second played a little bit of third skip fourth was playing wow at the time and from what i've heard that Pretty much was fourth edition anyway, and then came back to fifth. Strangely enough, when I started podcasting, my son has gotten into it. So I, in addition to uh, running this game, I run a home game with my kids. And the best thing about running a D&D campaign for your kids is they don't know all the tropes or any of the existing riddles or all the things experienced players know and can see coming. That shit makes you look like a genius when you're playing with your kids. So I encourage all of you to take advantage of their naivety. So anyway, look forward to hopefully more of y'all uh, more episodes coming out we the the plan is to release every other week on mondays our social medias are all at gmdl cast 
That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I, you know, Andrew does a lot of TikTok videos. Most of them aren't appropriate to associate with the podcast, but we may branch out into other socials from there. But that's that's where we start. Please, by all means, take a listen to our future episodes. Like us, follow us, give us reviews. We look forward to hearing from you. Jingle out. I don't do TikToks. Oh. Well, now you have to. It's canon. Everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast story trailer. In our point five episode, you had an opportunity to meet the players that will be taking part in our upcoming campaign, and this trailer will give you an opportunity to meet the characters and get a snippet of the introduction that set the scene for our players in their first session. Now, everybody, just so everybody knows, since this is a homebrew setting, the players were each given the opportunity to come up with their own backstory completely from scratch. I didn't talk to any one of them. I wanted them all to have the creative freedom to come up with who they wanted to portray in this world. And then I could figure out a way to fit that in to the setting that we were going to put forward. All I really told them is that it was a lighthearted podcast. There would be some jokey stuff involved. For Christ's sakes, I put a fast food place called Durger King in the first episode. So really, that was the only direction that they were given. First up, you've got Todd the Tiefling, who is unsurprisingly a Tiefling, even less surprisingly, if you know Harland at all, is a rogue. Todd is an orphan who was abandoned by his family due to his demonic nature and sold into slavery to be trained as a child assassin. Ooh, man, they really took the whole lighthearted aspect into account. Todd would eventually be rescued by a woman named Bernadette, who runs Bernadette's Bounty Hunting and Banquet Services. Okay, cool, we're back again. Which is also an orphanage on the side. God damn it. All right, next up, we've got Moyle Mossberg. Moyle is our copper dragonborn cleric of Ralishaz, the god of ill luck, misfortune, and insanity. Uh, Moyle is a sailor by trade who, and I'm reading this as written, is a brown water seaman. Uh, apparently, he never got his sea legs and is afraid of deep water. He was put on the path of the priesthood of Ralishaz by an encounter with a gnomish witch who lived in a giant mangrove tree in the swamps of Hiko where he was raised. His lucky charm is a necklace made of bones and teeth, which has a creature that looks like a tadpole with legs. Andrew, I'm pretty sure that's a goddamn frog. You just described a frog. Anyway, uh, a creature that is a tadpole with legs suspended in a milky green fluid. He doesn't know what that creature is or what that vial of liquid does, but the witch told him one day he would know what to do with it. Next up, we have Eldrin Theranos, a wood elf ranger serving the communes of Adak. Eldrin is another orphan. His parents were killed at a young age, which I mean, I guess technically if your parents are killed in an older age, does that make you an orphan? I mean, what what are the rules for orphans? Write in. 
let us know. Anyway, uh, Eldrin, being a wood elf, when he was orphaned, was taken in by the commune until he was eventually apprenticed to a ranger who taught him the ways of the woods and the ways of service to the community. Eldrin took to it naturally and grew strong and fast uh, and a little proud. And eventually his pride led to an encounter with an owlbear before he was really prepared. And his adoptive father had to save him at the cost of his own life. And oh my God, he's a double orphan. A double orphan. Okay, lighthearted podcast. I promise you, everybody, despite the child assassin orphans, the cleric of madness, and the double orphan with arrows, uh, there are jo- there are jokes. There are jokes. Next up, we have Fate, our high elf evocation wizard. Okay, cool. Uh, Fate's parents, not dead. Whew. Step one, check. Okay, so Fate uh, grew up poor, always wanted to be a wizard, nothing tragic so far, and on the advice of another community member, went to a older elf named Salomar to make a deal to get the funds to go to wizard school. Okay, cool. This is all very nice. A little little Harry Potter touch there. Uh, Salomar. Oh, God. Okay, so Salomar required that Fate put up his soul as collateral, and apparently Fate forged his parents' signature, his co-signers. And so now fate has to pay back his student loans or he damns not only himself, but his parents' soul to eternal damnation. But not an orphan. Not not an orphan. Okay, so uh, last up, we have Baba, who is our tabaxi barbarian from the, the verdant region of Sama. Baba is a member of one of the five royal families whose alliance allows them to control a significant portion of the verdant. After a ruler or the Oba dies, each family sends a representative on a year-long sabbatical. Baba is the representative for his family, which is the smallest and least powerful of the five. Upon the pilgrim's return, the family avatars participate in ritual combat to see who the next Oba will be. This is Baba's reason for existing right now, and nothing matters to him besides getting back and becoming the next Oba. So, okay, okay, cool. One out of five ain't bad. No dead family members on a royal quest. Right on. Okay. So as long as none of Baba's family members die, then we will have made it through at least one of one of our characters not having a tragic backstory. Although, let's be honest, Fate's University of Phoenix backstory is pretty good. And I'm really just kind of busting the guy's balls here because I really do appreciate the effort they put in coming up with, with all this stuff. They really put a lot of thought and effort into these characters. Gang, I am really super excited to for everybody to get to hear how they engage with those characters in the world that we've created together. Uh, again, some of our players are brand new to Dungeons & Dragons, while some of our other players have already pointed out what I'm doing wrong several times, which I greatly appreciate. So cool. Next up, to wrap this thing up, here's a snippet of the introduction, which helps set the scene for our players on their first session. This story, this universe, begins like every other universe begins. In darkness. Not a void, per se, as there's definitely a sense of dimension and potential. Then after eons of waiting, light appears seeping into the room in a geometric pattern which forms the outline of a door, or perhaps portal would be the more appropriate term. This trickle of light hints at the nature of the space, a chamber of some sort, round perhaps, possibly dome. The slow stream of light becomes a flood as the 
gateway slides open. Now definition is much easier. Definitely a room. Circular, domed, metallic, and empty. Our flood of illumination abates for a moment as a figure is silhouetted on the threshold, so heavily robed and hooded that its height and build must be called into question. Our visitor glides into the room, the drag of its robes contributing a whispering hiss where there had previously only been silence. Our figure reaches what one might guess to be the center of the chamber. They begin to sit and the floor flows up to meet them, shaping to support the contours of their form. A delicate robed hand reaches out to a hookah, which certainly was not there a moment ago. Plucks the hose from its holder, the figure reclines, aiming their gaze at the dome above, raising a glowing mouth tip to their lips, draws in deeply and releases a billowing exhalation of glowing vapor upwards towards the domed ceiling. Images form, and we begin. A flash of light and blast of sound as an explosion of matter and energy give birth to reality. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward, and from the chaos of the matter and energy which had been cast out from the explosion, structure forms, and we see the universe coalesce in the clouds above. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward and the image reforms from the grand scale of the universe into what becomes a cluster of galaxies as stars ignite and use their newfound strength to grasp and catch wandering dust and matter. The figure raises the mouth tip and at that moment of inhalation, a silver flash at the periphery of an image and there, streaking inwards to the heart of our new universe, is a bolt of argent mystery from somewhere else. A rogue observer shifts, and if we were able to see their face, we might glimpse a brow raised as an expression of concern, or perhaps this is intrigue. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward again, and our view focuses on one specific galaxy, a spinning cluster of stars. And there, the streak enters from the periphery again and continues inwards. And our visitor is now clearly tracking our silver streak. The figure draws and exhales. Clouds roil in again, and the image reveals a solar system, planets dancing around a single golden sun and a silver flame dashing ever inward. The figure draws and exhales. A planet now, third from that sun, young and fertile, it spins to greet our invader. There's an intersection, a collision, a burst of silver energy rebounding across the globe, forces shifting tectonic plates, altering the drift of our planet's newly orphaned continents. And there, a gleaming silver spire now rises from an ocean, its energy drawing at the waters into its orbit, spreading a halo into our planet's ocean, waves of energy forming new life. The figure draws and exhales. The figure waits and watches as the planet's children stumbles from caves, master fire, mundane, and arcane, form societies, raise walls to protect lines they imagine to exist, and then strive to knock down walls others have risen. The figure draws and sighs. Is this disappointment? It's, it's definitely familiarity. Our figure has definitely seen this before. They lean back. Had we even noticed that they'd sat forward in interest? 
Our figure raises its hand and begins the arc of a sweeping gesture, which would disperse our backdrop, moving their attention onward to a new universe, a new scene, when suddenly a flash of silver halts their progress. Then there it is again, a slight flash. There, another, a fourth, and a fifth. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds royal inward, and now we see the surface of the planet and a path glowing softly against the shadow of dusk. And there, a figure marching with purpose, silhouetted by a flash of silver lightning. In a voice bordering on the edge between masculine and feminine, our visitor exclaims, Now, this might be interesting. Our figure draws and exhales. Welcome, everybody, to Arnosia, Realm of the Radiant Seas. Our first episode drops Monday. Please keep in mind that as we launched and worked through a number of challenges of bringing a new podcast together and the current COVID conditions, we do have a few audio bits and bumbles out of the gate that we are working through. And we have gotten those mostly resolved and will continue to push the, that audio quality forward as we go deeper into it. Uh, we look forward to having you join us on our first episode. Please give us a listen on anywhere you uh, listen to your podcasts. If you like what you hear, you really like what you hear, you kind of like what you hear, you don't like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review. I know you hear podcasts here say this all the time, uh, but it makes a huge difference as to whether or not we are visible to future audiences and can grow and can continue to improve uh, and provide, hopefully, additional hours of entertainment to, to everyone. Check us out on all our social medias. It's all at GMDLCast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check us out at www.gmdlcast.com or gmdlcast.com uh, for Gimme the Loot. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Mm -hmm.